Hey, welcome. This is Winning at Life with Gregory Ricks. I'm your host, Gregory Ricks, a financial advisor here to answer your questions and help you win with your money. And I'm your co-host, James Parker. Today, we're talking about scams. We're going to start with telling you the profile of the average scam victim. You might learn something about yourself. Find out where your weaknesses are. Plug the holes. And then we have the story of someone selling annuities turned out to be a scam. And the truth behind those commercials where they have estate planning services, all too often those are what we call trust mills. And as your gift, just for checking out the episode, we've got all this information in a nice, tidy spot. Winningatlife.com slash podcast 21. This is episode 21, so it's winningatlife.com slash podcast 21. Winningatlife.com slash podcast 21. All right, so let's get into the scam victim profile. First and foremost, it happens to more often be in these financial scams, you're more likely to be a man. And you, you think, well, there can't be like a biological reason for that. Well, I mean, yes and no. But it all hones down to one of the basic differences between man and women. And men are far more aggressive. And it's that sort of trait. In fact, when they do the personality test on these people in these studies, the less aggressive you are, the less likely you are to get scammed. And that makes a lot of sense. If you're not willing to take risk, you know, and something sounds a little shady, if you're not an aggressive person, you're not going to take it. Does this match up to what you see? Yeah. Yeah, for the most part. Here's something else interesting. It's also more, uh, more likely to be someone who is 70 or older. Wow. Yeah, and there's a couple of thought processes behind that, but it's so hard to get in the head on on the whys of some of these. But younger people, they have a susceptibility to scams because they're inexperienced and they hadn't seen a whole lot of scams. And, you know, your, your stoic nature against scams kind of raises in the middle of life, but then it falls off sharply at the end. For a couple of reasons. For one reason, they believe technology passes people by. They don't want to admit it. They don't want to admit they don't understand something, especially men age 70 or so. And they're also trying to chase something really quick. They're running out of time. How am I going to retire? How am I going to leave something to my kids? I'm not going to have any kind of legacy if I don't make a big move right now. And they're trying to make a big splash, you know, in their golden years. Yeah. But you wouldn't think it was because these are the guys you think would be scammed the least. You know, think of how much just much more street smart you are at this age than you were when you were 16. Now, I add about 20 more years of that. Don't you think you'd be better? But here, here's where it gets real interesting. You are far more likely to be a victim of a scam if you've been scammed before. Many of these things are surprising me. I know that's that blew my mind, but that's that's why I thought it'd be super important for the show. Because listen, if if you're if you're a man over seventy, and you know you're aggressive, and and this this hits you right between the eyes, like oh my goodness, I'm struggling trying to leave a legacy. I'm trying to trace returns. I'm trying to make up some lost ground, you know, for my my lack of uh, financial success thus far. You need to be extra aware because you don't want to admit sometimes when technology passes you by, or if someone comes up with a credit default swap or some new scam that you don't entirely understand. You're used to being the elder statesman in the room. You're used to being the guy that everyone turns to and says, hey, explain this, and you usually have a good answer for it. And it's so hard to admit, I have no idea what that financial product does. Hey, do you know how this works? This uh, variable real estate, something rather trust of something. And uh, yeah, no, I understand that front and back. Sounds good. And you're just nodding your head, yes, but in the back of your mind, I don't really know what's going on. Uh, younger people run from that. Women run from that. In fact, women actually have a really good track record of not being scammed. They, um, 
they're more likely to be the victims of financial abuse, which is a little bit different. A financial abuse is usually when a caretaker, a family member, someone you trust, uh, you give them financial access and they misuse it against your will. So the women you get caught up because you have too big of a heart and you're too trusting with the people you know, men get in trouble because they're too aggressive and they trust people they don't know too much. But that, yeah, that, that was a big shocker to me, especially the one about if you've been scammed before. And a lot of that, uh, they, they're, they're guessing, again, this is a soft science here. It's sort of that gambler's downward spiral to where if you've been at the blackjack table and you're 100 bucks down, well, now you really have to start playing hard so you can win your money back. And then you're $200 down. It's like, well, I can't leave now. I've got to win some of this money back or I'm going to go home a failure. And then when you're $300 down, you're like, I don't have a choice. But you do. You walk away, but it's 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 that double down mentality. So there, uh, now that you're well, that doesn't help because I've seen some of these situations come across my desk. Sometimes providing counseling. I bet you've seen a lot. Uh, had a wife of a client. They're the couple's clients, but the wife calls and asks help because the husband is kind of caught up in this scam and won't quite let it go. And it, it was just really interesting. And finally, because I was blown away by it, but I catch over age 70 and wanting to make up ground fast. It was like, oh, this is opportunity. I got to take advantage. Of it. And it's hard for them to let go because of them wanting to win quickly and win big. And finally I had to make a phone call and speak to him and ask him to let that go, that it was not going to pay off for him. You know, so we had a conversation about let this go. It's not real. And that finally helped kind of for that client to connect the dots and let this go after losing thousands of dollars. I, I get that mentality though. I hate losing. I used to get in trouble for beating all my cousins at ping pong because I didn't want to let them win. And when you say it like that, like they, they want to win. That was a di- that was a different word that wasn't in the, the rundown over here, but that kind of hit me. That's my personality. I hate losing. And if I do lose, I hate admitting it. I think admitting it is good. Doesn't mean you have to like it, but you also have to admit to it and move on. Instead of just keep hoping and hoping and put more, okay, it, it's going to come. When you know it's not going to come through for you, at some point you realize that and you do have to walk away. There's no making it up. It's over and done. It's where I, I had a conversation the other day regarding GE stock with a client where before it had all that big fall, I t- told a client because there was a do not sell on that stock. And I told him, you're going to need to sell this stock. It is going to go bad. And he said, yeah. And he was all, they were already down a good bit. And he, he said, God, that was, that was hard pill to swallow, but it also showed that, you know what you're doing and you know what you're talking about. So it, it was a compliment. What he's explaining mm-hmm. is a compliment, but it was hard to accept. Otherwise, he'd have just kept writing it down. And so, example of that, you just got to admit this. Yeah, this is not going to work. Well, what's different about the scam world in 2018 is a lot of the scams that the people are getting wrapped up in didn't exist 10 years ago. They almost definitely didn't exist 20 years ago and weren't even imaginable to a science fiction writer 
40 years ago when they were, you know, 30 ish, you know? So it, um, it gets kind of cool to watch this evolution happen on the scam side because on the good side, the white hat guys, you're seeing an evolution in the way we deal with it. And it's more than just you trying to keep up with scams and being aware of everything. Uh, I, I saw a commercial today where LifeLock and Norton have teamed up. And so it's, it's a thing that protects your identity and you from scams on your computer and in the real world with your credit protection, you know, because there's LifeLock and Norton. And they're both kind of doing a similar job, but they're they're sort of complementary. And I'm like watching the uh, the fight against scams evolve in front of our face, too. They're never going to stop. They're always going to be there. There's another, t- always a new twist and a new version of the old scams. They're out there. So you just, you've got to be wary. If you're concerned, get a second opinion before you go forward. CLA, we'll call them CLA estate services. I like using initials so we don't get people in trouble here. But they're in trouble on their own. There's uh, a loss. What's the letters again? CLA. Let's see. Let me see if I can figure it out. Conjured up life intent. That's oh, it. Yeah. <laughs> you nailed it. Well, look, the, the lawsuit got the attention of the state attorney general in Washington state. But this company is based out of Texas. They operate in thirty, at least 35 states. This is CLA's response to a lawsuit that says that they were misleading their clients and doing some untoward things to put them in financial products that weren't right for them and just going after commissions. We, we hear these stories, right? They issued the statement saying CLA customers have the peace of mind knowing that they have a valid legal estate plan in place to handle their affairs upon incapacitation or death. They didn't even address the idea that they told these people that they were going to go in and get an estate plan. What really happened is they were putting them in these financial products with surrender periods and big fees and losing money. And then when these people needed access to money, they had to pay penalties to get it out of these financial products because they were overweighted in it. They sold too much they didn't need. They didn't even want. They did it under a fancy little package name, the Lifetime Estate Plan Package. The funny thing is, is these are people purporting to put together an estate plan, but they didn't have any attorneys. They would refer you to an attorney. What you would do then is you would sit down, not with an attorney, you would sit down with what is just legally speaking, insurance agents, and they would attempt to sell you life insurance and annuities. Yeah, it was to get them in the door, print some docs, and make some sales. If you're doing an estate plan, there should be an attorney involved. Let's say you're in Louisiana, for example. I think a local attorney should be the one involved. It's quite different than most states. And they need to be licensed in the state, which by being licensed in that state shows that they know those state laws. Louisiana is community property, and and you've got forced airship you you can't have somebody in georgia georgia attorney writing that and they may not even be licensed here writing it i just think it's where you want to sit down and have a conversation and that's why we have wes blanchard part of the total wealth authority and i hear firms and 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 they'll call their names as Randy Bandy Estate Planning, whatever their name is, but they kind of make a focus on the estate planning, and they're not really, that's their primary business, and their estate attorney's not even there. And I, I see that 
all the time where they talk that talk, but they're not walking the walk. And this is a pretty big deal that it's done correctly. And it's even if you're trying to do some of this, do it yourself. I looked at a typed holographic will recently. How's that possible? It's not. They're kind of like, what would this work? And I, I'm not the attorney. And that's why we have one on the team. I'm not giving you legal advice, but I tell you, I don't think this is bulletproof because it is actually not an holographic will. And there's certain things in here because I read it real quick. I said, yeah, there's some other things missing. And that's why you need to have somebody help you get this right because errors are so expensive. And I had a client that um, his dad went through one of these mills and when he his dad died and they took the trust, the trust was tossed. Said this is invalid. Oh no. Yeah. So he had to go find the previously it so it went back to the previous will because the will and the trust were invalid, so he had to go back to the previous will to make sure he got everything. And he and he, he was kind of upset because it cost his dad like five, six grand and it was junk. They operate in 35 states, but in Washington, where they're in trouble, they're not allowed to hold any more estate planning seminars. They can't advertise. They can't gather information for estate planning documents. They can't market annuities or other insurance products. Yeah, and and just to explain, we don't hold the – I'm not involved in the actual estate plan. I'll give guidance and some of what you should be looking for. And I said, you know, and that's why we have Wes part of the team. You don't have to use him. But it is his thing. I want to walk right into this uh, first story, though. We go over to Houston. An insurance agent just took a plea deal on an annuity scam, Gregory. She's uh, insurance only. And we warned you about the brokers versus fiduciaries. But she has accepted a 20-year prison term and a plea deal. That's huge for a plea deal. 20 years? What was the alternative? The chair? What did she do? She sold annuities. She took $3 million in total from them said she was putting it into an annuity, and then after the surrender period, they were going to get annual or uh, regular payments from it. Sounds normal, right? She never put it in an annuity. She just put it in her own bank account and spent it. So they wrote the checks out to her. Yes, they wrote the That's checks out. That's the only out. way it could happen is they wrote the checks to her, and that's giving somebody custody. That show American Greed, I've seen it, uh, a show about a guy doing that as well, and it was just unbelievable and look everybody that shows up on that show is they give somebody custody here's another big fat red flag here gregory ricks she singled out clients who were older and had no nearby relatives and all of her victims were well over age 70 would you put anyone into an annuity over 70 i mean it'd be pretty tough huh this is the biggest red flag that's on fire two of them were over the age of 90 why would you ask me if we put somebody in over 70 you asked me in a way that made it look like you wouldn't do that well it it would just be tough if you have something with a surrender period on it you know we're we're talking about someone over 90 if they're going to wait five years to get their money back the older you get the less sense some of these annuity products make is is my impression i if she uh, she lied to him because i don't know of any annuity company that would take a 90 year old's money actually i don't know of any you know, you might can do a multi-year CD type of annuity for 85-ish to where it has just a couple-year surrender period as such. Um, I, I just don't know. I, 
I think it's difficult. Actually, I'll I'll put it this way. I don't think any insurance company would take money of somebody 85 or older. What I find difficulty in is they have difficulty once you reach age 80. That pretty much undoes it except for some short-term CD annuities. It's not uncommon for people above 70 to utilize them because, once again, it's correlated to their overall assets. And no matter what age you put your money in, there's a surrender period. So that has to be correlated to your other assets and what your liquidity is. It's often we have somebody come in that's 70 or older and won't know risk. So where do you go get yield and have it be risk averse? Tell me, James, where is it? Just in the fixed okay. world. Well, but- yeah, is, is that inflection that you gave me got me there is because you don't know. They're, they're, it's bank CDs or there's Wall Street. No yield at the banks and risk at Wall Street. So then the other question is, why would somebody age 70 put their money at risk? They, it should be drastically reduced what they put at risk at that point. You know, would you put at age 70, would you put 100% of your assets at Wall Street? I think that's insane. Good God, no, right. Yeah. So it has to be dialed back. That doesn't mean some we have people coming in wanting risk, but you know what? We're going to look out for them on that and say, hey, you, you might need half of your assets and balanced income portfolio then. But the thing is, regardless of the age, I think there should be some sort of balance, risk versus no risk there. And it's just a conversation that you have. This person was purely a con artist because I don't know of any company that would take money at age 90. Well, I'm sure she told them some story because she is having them write the checks to her. Oh, yeah, 90-year-old's perfect for that. But there wasn't no insurance company was going to take it whatsoever. It was that crook. There's a reason for a surrender period, and you might think of it as something wrong or mean that there's a surrender period. The reason there's a surrender period is the money needs time to work because they're taking the money and putting it in treasuries and high-quality corporate bonds. So if you're putting it in that, it needs some time. You know, what are you getting on a 10-year treasury now? If the insurance company wants to take longer to get yield, fine. But they're typically giving somebody somewhere in the neighborhood of a 10-year surrender period. That's what makes it work as a product is having a period of leaving the money with the company so the company can make money and pass along the guarantees to you. And a lot of companies don't want it after 75 and some don't want it after 70. So it starts reducing the field of how many companies want to be in that business. Now, are they changing a little bit because of longevity? Yes, but they don't have a comfort level that they'll have the money long enough that it's viable for them as well as the client. And that's what you're looking at on a surrender period. If somebody comes in there, 75 is like, darn, you know, we're not doing a health history or anything. He's not having to qualify health-wise like life insurance, but statistically it's an actuarial basis is how long is this guy going to live and is this going to be profitable? for us we don't want to do start this deal and him die in a couple years they'll lose money in that case that's going to about do it for today's episode thank you very much for tuning in and learning about scams with us remember your gift for checking out the episode winning at life.com slash podcast 21
This is episode 21, so it's winningatlife.com slash podcast 21. But I do have a day job that goes with that. I'm a financial advisor, money manager, IRA, Sherpa, in a sense, help people with all these types of questions regarding the required minimum distributions, how to handle rollovers, how to set it up, how to grow it. Where are you on your financial path? Do you know where you're headed? How is it going to look when you get there? What is your risk number? My office number is 504-832-9200 or go to gregoryricks.com. Thanks for hanging out today. We do this six days a week. Catch all of our episodes live and on podcast with winningatlife.com and the Winning at Life app. We are Winning at Life with Gregory Ricks. Investment advisory services offered only by duly registered individuals through AE Wealth Management, LLC. AE Wealth Management, Gregory Ricks and Associates, WJ Blanchard Law, LLC, Jay Heath and Company, and Mortgage Gumbo are not affiliated companies. Investing involves risk, including the potential loss of principal. Any references to protection, safety, or lifetime income generally refer to fixed insurance products, never securities or investments. Insurance guarantees are backed by the financial strength and claims-paying abilities of the issuing carrier. This radio show is intended for informational purposes only. It is not intended to be used as the sole basis for financial decisions, nor should it be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual's situation. Annuities are insurance contracts designed for retirement or other long-term needs. They provide guarantees of principal and credited interest subject to surrender charges. Annuity guarantees and protections are backed by the financial strength and claims paying ability of the issuing insurer. Roth conversion is a taxable event and may have several tax-related consequences. Be sure to consult with a qualified tax advisor before making any decisions regarding your IRA. Examples have been provided for illustrative purposes only. It does not represent a real life scenario and should not be construed as advice designed to meet the particular needs of an individual situation. Gregory Ricks and Associates is not permitted to offer, and no statement made during the show shall constitute legal or tax advice. Our firm is not affiliated or endorsed by the U.S. government or any governmental agency. The information and opinions contained herein provided by third parties have been obtained from sources believed to be reliable, but accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed by Gregory Ricks and Associates. We are Winning at Life with Gregory Ricks.